Hello, it's the Purpose Feel Mommy with Minnie Marie podcast. So as we close out season three with two more episodes to go, we're actually closing out summer too. So in closing out summer, a lot of us had to make some different decisions coming up for this fall for our children. So some of us already had it set in stone, while others, we had to make some decisions based on what we thought was best for our children for the upcoming school year, as we are still coping through a pandemic as a nation. So I share with you today, my point of view as a mom, as a teacher, and so much more as I too adjust for fall school year 2020-2021. So let's dive right into today's topic. So usually when I talk about in my Southern dialect, it's fall, y'all. I'm always talking about the excitement of fall and thinking about I finally get to wear my cute boots. I love the colorful leaves that just trickle down from the trees. I love the coolness of the air. I'm definitely a fall lover. However, this year when it comes down to fall, I'm thinking about school. So I'm an educator. I'm a mom of four, former homeschooling mom. I want to talk to you guys about that. And a lot of us have had to go to virtual learning in the midst of the pandemic, or we were sent home various packages. Some of us, like myself with my daughter with autism, we were not sent any packages home. (laughs) We're kind of just thrown to the wolves and with busy work to finish out the school year. So it definitely had a lot of us thinking about the school system within itself. I'm thinking about it myself as a teacher, you know, um, I'm not even going to lie to you actually just got finished doing and it's, oh my gosh, a, a very extensive online training. And that's just <laughs> on top of a hundred that I'm doing at this time, since no one knows exactly the end date within the pandemic and cases seem to continue to rise. We are preparing as a school district for both online and virtual learning. I am what you would consider a connections or special teacher. In middle school, they call us connection teachers. In elementary, it's called a specials teacher. And that's because I teach fine arts education. I've been teaching fine arts in various capacities for nearly 20 years. However, for actually the school district three, private school sector two, And as far as with doing it with a homeschooling co-op about a year or two. So definitely when it comes down to education, very diverse. I also worked at a youth detention center as an instructional coach. So my experience with education is definitely diverse. I started off years, years ago as a paraprofessional. I worked with kindergarten Definitely was not my thing for all the kindergarten teachers and those of you guys who like to work with the littles. Kudos to you. (laughs) It's not that I don't like the littles. It is definitely very repetitious. So I like I've always loved the beauty and the creativity of fine arts. I started fine arts education when I was actually in college and being a, a art director at a nonprofit and working with youth and creating programs and teaching dance, music and theater. And that's my arena. I also worked in ESOL, which is which is the English, a second language program. And I also was a SPED para and later an intervention, uh, intervention specialist with working at the private school and com- 
in combination of working as a fine arts teacher, because sometimes that's what they do with us, we're, we're also utilized in addition to teaching what our profession is within fine arts or PE or music. We may be utilized to help out with a general ed teacher as far as with tutoring or intervention. And then I was a PE coach. So look, even if you wanted to kick me out the conversation of education, I'm like that relative that you kind of can't kick out because it's like, I want to kick her out the discussion, but she's part of the family. So homeschoolers can't kick me out. <laughs> um, the the school teachers, as far as with the general ed pop, they can't kick me out. So I'm here. All right. So definitely when it comes down to the trainings that we're doing right now to prepare for your babies, my babies is very intensive and Oh, I'm trying to do this while also managing my little ones here at home. So, yeah, for those of us who are working from home, the struggle <laughs> can sometimes be so real, but we're getting through it. So I'm going to tell you what I did. You know, I'm a, fr- I'm a big fan of Afrobeats. So I put in my headphones, my uh, Burma boy, I love Burma boy. And I love the song that he has on the Lion King soundtrack of Jaira. It's just very smooth and his voice is just, oh, let me stop talking about it. So <laughs> I had a moment, girl. I'm back now. But <laughs> I just listened to that and I was able to kind of cope and I was able to get my little certificate badge from completing one part of a five part training. I just did an eight hour training <laughs> this past weekend. So look, your girl is working here. And that was actually a virtual math training and again I told you I teach fine arts I'm visual arts in theater so it's like okay yeah but I'm actually going to be a steam teacher this year so all those components of science and engineering and tech and art math that's what I'll be doing with my students this year for pre-k to fifth grade so I've always taught multiple grades so What I've been doing and how I've been trying to cope while I was doing my training, I had my kiddos do two lessons on IXL.com. So thankfully, I have more than one laptop so I can kind of work on my trainings, put them at the table to do this and kind of rotate them out or put one upstairs in the office, one, one downstairs with me and I can still do my trainings. But trying to do that for a whole additional year, that would definitely be a lot. So A lot of us had to make some important decisions for the safety of our children. So I know some of you guys were homeschoolers, are continuing homeschoolers, aren't stopping. So I'm definitely going to give you guys kudos, continue what you're doing. There are going to be some changes even when it comes down to homeschooling, because I know a lot of people who are taking this on for the first time. You know, those of us who were homeschoolers in the past or are continue continuing homeschoolers and we're seeing these co-ops is coming out the blue. You still have to think of the safety requirements when it comes down to that now, just like we had to when it comes to and the legal part, the liability. So just don't think, you know what, this is my first time homeschooling. I'm going to get with my homegirls and we just want to do this and make it work. Really think about that. Think about the same CDC precautions that the school district is going to have to make in every other organization, such as the gym and daycares. You're going to have to do that, too. Not telling you not to do it if you want to do a co-op. For those who don't know what a co-op is, it's like a group of parents that get together or sometimes it may be a church organization. And they have, I would call, enrichment classes or tutoring for which 
you know, parent volunteers, or sometimes it may be an actual person who this is what they do for a living. And they're just working with the, with the homeschooling community. It may be a paid artist and they're teaching private classes or whatever, whatever. So they do classes like that. When we did it years ago through Mocha Scholars, that was the organization that I founded and co-directed with another homeschooling mom. And she's still homeschooling at this time. And her kiddos are doing great. I just went on a different path. So we um, how we decided to do it was we had a we first started at a library and I worked with an age group and she worked with an age group and we were rotated out. And I taught the fine arts and she did the reading as our group started to grow. We then ventured out and we had an opportunity to have a church that had a full children's building that allowed us to utilize it. And we expanded with multiple classes that were taught by the parents. And we had like geography, of course, again, performing arts with music and theater with me. We had another teacher that actually taught visual arts who was a parent and various classes and the kids would rotate out. And that's how we did it. Now, again, I have heard from different friends of mine that some of their neighborhoods are trying to start co-ops and all of that. I'm telling you the same thing that we had to worry about liable issues when we were doing it as a full accredited. Well, not we were not accredited, so I'm not even going to lie to you. <laughs> we were tr- we were on that process of doing so, but we still had to have people sign paperwork. The parents, when I say people sign paperwork as far as with the liability issues, what we were doing, because you don't want to get yourself caught up in a situation where a child may catch COVID because we have seen that children are actually, you know, getting COVID and especially the teenagers. But we have some, I saw one that was young as seven years old in a recent article. So to make sure that your home or wherever you're going to be located is going to be clean, sanitized, and like I say, it's going to have to be on point. So definitely think about that. If you are going to do it, you need to make sure these are the people that are in your intimate COVID circle. What I mean by that, I have an intimate COVID circle with close friends and family members that I've had around me. And I kind of don't like to be around other people that I don't quite know their interactions with others. So I don't put myself at risk of COVID or bring that back home to my kids. So Definitely not trying to deter you if you want to do a co-op. I want to explain what a co-op is. If you do have the idea of doing so, they may actually be virtual co-ops that you can join or you can actually create. Think about that and follow some of these homeschooling moms who have been doing it for, I would say, three years or more. You know, someone who's just figuring it out with you, I definitely would really rethink that. So think about that if you are doing the homeschooling thing. And you want to do that. I'll talk about virtual learning in the next component, but definitely as a homeschooler, I believe that we are our children's first teachers. I'm talking to you as a special needs parent. I also have two children with uh, who have developmentally uh, delayed challenges. So I'm a special needs parent all the way around. So I know that was a big decision for me when it came down to homeschooling and that was one of the things that you know I gave reference to because I wanted to give my children that extra push that they probably wouldn't get if they were at a school where they may say okay you got an IEP but they're actually not really going to follow it so seeing how my children transitioned and did well with that and I know they would have definitely been left behind despite the no child left behind 
if they would have just not had that opportunity. So think about your reasoning why. I definitely want you to consider your child's learning style because everybody have a learning style. For myself, I can say I'm a virtual learner, not a virtual learner, a visual learner. I need to be able to see what you're talking about. So don't tell it to me. Don't tell it to me over the phone. Don't type it to me. I need to see you. We need to be together or we need to have it where it's virtual, where I can actually see what's happening so I can, you know, grasp the concept. So see what type of learning you guys that you have at home with your children. Definitely, you're going to have to do an assessment. When I was a homeschooler, I did an assessment for my children. I did lesson plans. It wasn't like a just free for all. And I just, we all going to wake up at 12 o'clock and just do our thing. We had a system going on. Even those who unschool have a certain system that they work. It's not as rigid, but they have something going on. Figure out what homeschooling style you want to do as far as with your curriculum. Are you going to go the Abeka? Are you going to do Charlotte Mason? Are you going to be more of an eclectic style? That's what I was. So figure out what style or are you going to do it where you're going to use more like uh, a virtual learning uh, platform. Utilize websites that are out there for you to work with your children. Find their interests. And again, when I say create a schedule, let it be a flexible schedule. And then figure out how you can balance that if you are too you know, going to work from home. And I'm going to tell you this because I actually had someone reach out to me to do this and they were kind of trying to say it, but not say it for me to homeschool their children. Look, I know a lot of us are in some desperate situations right now. We have to go to work and some of us actually have children that may have other issues, not just academically, but behavior wise. And we're like, man, I don't want to get another call from daycare or the school. So I'm just going to seek and I find auntie friend. This person looks like she has everything together on Facebook. So I'm going to reach out to her and pay 50 or $60 or $100 a week to put my child there. Cause I had someone actually try to pull that with me. No, 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 no. So when we were homeschoolers, we actually had to register through the state and there was a requirement of four hours a day for us to homeschool. I have no clue what they're doing now with COVID and how things have changed, but we had certain requirements. Do not throw your child anywhere just so you can just say they're doing it. It's going to be just like what I mentioned about the co-op. You want to make sure that everything is together in place and you're not just randomly throwing something there. And then you don't want to put a strain on relationships because you're thinking about something in the immediateness, I would say, I don't know if that's a word immediately, or just thinking about something with an emotion. All right. Cause I want to make sure I say it right. Cause sometimes my words get jumbled up and I'm like, Oh, many, what were you saying? And I'm like, I'm not editing. I'm not going to edit that out. So just think, make sure you're not thinking in the moment, but think in the future before you make a drastic decision when it comes down to that. And don't find somebody just randomly that you see on Instagram or Facebook. I don't care if it's a cousin, somebody you've been following for years and like, you know what? They look like they got it all together. Let me see. Do you keep kids? No, <laughs> you're talking about your child's education. You're, you're talking about your child's future. So when it comes down to records and things like that, we're going to have to have something in place so that your child is going to be held accountable. When we were homeschoolers, one of the things we had to do beginning at third grade, we had to start testing. So we had to begin testing from third grade and I think every three years since. But the we would get tested through an organization that was called the CSRA Homeschool Association. And they could actually test your child every year. So to just cover my tracks, I did that. But I didn't do like a regular school teacher where I taught my children at home for a standardized test. We we just learned how we followed our own curriculum, but I would still test them. So if I ever transition them back to school or just so I can know where they are, 
beyond my little test that I was making at home, I had an assessment. So just think about all those things. I know I kind of threw a lot at you when it came down to that, but I know a lot of us are thinking about homeschool for various reasons, and I'm definitely not against it. If I could, I honestly would homeschool again. I like being at home. I'm trying to get myself mentally prepared to be in the workforce with other individuals again, not saying I'm not a people person because I honestly am. I can't fake it. But just as an ambivert, putting myself with, you know, a new school, new co-workers and new students, I'm like, ah, so I honestly like the safety of my home. And I like having that power and control of this is what we're learning today. And I'm not going by anybody else's standards. And I I have seen from personal experience and heard some other people who worked in the school system as far as with instructors and things like that, who when it came down to children who had certain learning challenges or who were in sped, say some pretty mean things. So I was like, you know what? Mm, Not for me, not feeling you. So not for my baby. So think about it. And for those of you guys who are homeschooling moms, I salute you. Those of you guys who are thinking about it and you're actually going to do it this fall, you got this. You are your child's first teacher. Don't be intimidated by anybody else. There's help out there for you. There's plenty of information. So you got this. All right. So let's talk about the virtual learners. So some of us aren't going to homeschool. We're not going to put our children in public school, but we're actually going to still utilize the district through online learning through the virtual process. So I would like to encourage you as a parent for which I'm doing myself as a teacher and what I had to do this particular summer with my daughter with a virtual fine arts camp. I felt like I was taking the classes with her. I really did. And it was from like eight in the morning. No, it was nine nine but it was a little early so I can kind of get the computer set up and get through all their little kinks and stuff so it was like from nine to a little after three it said 10 to three but it actually was like nine to after three so if you are not a computer person you know you are not digitally savvy please don't feel bad I got you I definitely got you I know I got a couple of things going on is a blogger and social media and doing a podcast. But when it comes down to a lot of the virtual stuff, sometimes I'm like, it just makes my head hurt. So definitely, you know, work on those skills and teach your children as well to work on those skills as far as with taking the virtual online process. You definitely want to make sure that they are comfortable with using a computer, both with a mouse and without a mouse also check out to see if the district if you have some financial strain and you don't have enough computers in the house computers are available through the school district they are required to do that so reach out for help and see what's available because you may qualify for getting a computer a tablet to help you with that process or to help your student your child at home all right so Definitely work on those computer skills and help your children when it comes down to that. And when you're not digitally savvy, it can be very frustrating. So give yourself some grace and give your children some grace. And when it comes down to tech support, that again, too, can be frustrating. However, I know for our school district and our school, they selected between one to two teachers out of each grade level to be an online teacher. For me 
and the special teachers, they told us to prepare lessons for those teachers who are going to be doing it virtually, but at the same time to make ourselves available and savvy in that area because we may have to still do the a combination of the online and the in-person. So I'm preparing myself for that now. And I won't lie to you. I just got an email a second ago and I'm like, really, really? So I'm frustrated too. I can't even lie to you. I know for us, we do virtual learning as far as with websites is, you know, with just helping them with their different skills, but as far as with virtual online learning, I did not like the process this summer, but I do like that it makes you more remarkable as far as a teacher, as an educator, you know, and it definitely helps out the children. So we'll do some virtual things. I have decided that I wanted to do a virtual fine arts class, but I didn't want to make it complicated. I just wanted to do it through Zoom, have the parents just simply just put in a code and let's call it a day. That's how I want to do it. Um, because it's, it's, it can be definitely frustrating. But at the same time, if you have a child that is very good with computers, I have one child that's like that, that when it comes down to computers, they just got it like that. So no, I actually have two. So if you have a child that's like that, you know, they may really prefer that. And when it comes down to in-person school, a lot of us didn't have these options growing up. I know for me, my ninth grade year, if I had a choice, I would have loved to, <laughs> as a ninth grade freshman, to have did the virtual thing because I honestly, it wasn't my thing to to actually be the social butterfly that I later that I later became as far as with the in person interactions with the teachers and stuff. I was fine, and then when our children go off to college, they may take those virtual classes. So giving them a you know like a heads up or one up on that, I would say as far as with being introduced to the virtual setting of learning, I think it's great. So kudos to you if you're going to do that. Some of you guys have already started this past March or spring and you did it through the summer. You got this again, utilize your resources. And if you're doing it through the district and through the school, make sure you contact them. Don't let anybody just give you the run around and throw you under the bus or whatever like that. They're going to be required to turn in those assignments. So if they're going to have to be required to turn in those assignments, put those people to work and make sure that they provide those tech, you know, technical people, those teachers or whomever to make sure that they follow through with their side too and not just throw random assignments out and just leave you out here in just digital land. That's what I call this, this magical digital land with no help, no resources. And you guys are just on your own submitting random, like busy work assignments. That's not what we want. So you got this. Keep your head up. We're not taking the virtual process. I'll talk about that in the next, you know, the next session of today's podcast. But for those of you guys who are doing virtual, you got this just like I told the homeschooling parents. And you never know if I do have to do virtual from home, I'll have to do virtual at home with my children. So I'm just open and trying to learn both for them and for myself as a mom and as a teacher. But I think we got this virtual thing. All right. So now let's talk about the in-person learning. Those of us who are taking our children back to as close as we can, their norm with going back to public or private school. So my children will be doing that all four. So, you know, my son lives with his father, but he comes here on the weekends. And when they're out of school, he is an athlete. He's a football player. That was a big thing for him. He's been practicing since I would say June 
on the field. He's ready to go. However, there are some cautions or precautions that they're making at the school with the players because there are some schools that have done that and they've had students who have had COVID. I know we had one small rural school where the whole football team was quarantined. So just understand that as a parent, I'm worried about that. And I mentioned that to his father that, you know, I'm a little concerned about that, you know, and I mentioned that to my son too, because he told me that there was a player that had COVID, but there, I don't know how it worked. I don't know. He told me he didn't have any interaction with the boy. I'm like, okay, are you guys wearing the same helmets that you always have? Are they spraying down the helmets? Like, trust me as a parent, I'm definitely worried about that. Um, a big thing from him for him is like, look, I'm playing. This is what I want to do. But I'm like, I understand. But for the love of the game, you got to think about for the love of the life. So there are some conflicts I have with that, you know, and I express that to him. And then when you do co-parent like I do, you always got to think about that your child is being exposed to not just within your house. And that other parent has to think about that with you, but you got to think about that with them, with the exposure of their activities, whoever they're around. You pray that the communication is honest as far as with who they are with so that nothing comes back home to you or any of their other siblings. So he wants to go back in the fall. His dad shared with me that they're going to do like a Monday through Thursday type of school. And then online would be Friday you know, same as I mentioned in the previous uh, session as far as with the online learning or if they have any cases that arise within the county or, you know, just in Georgia, if the district decides to change, they'll do something like a Monday through Wednesday, a Monday and Wednesday for some students and then a Tuesday and Thursday with others. Now, as far as with my girls, my my children have always been with me whenever we did, um, when we transitioned back from homeschool to public. So for my girls, we went to private school together. We went, when I went back to public school together at the same school and same thing here, we'll be at a different school, which is more of a smaller school, like a neighborhood school. However, the actual population has been cut in half because a lot of the students are doing virtual learning. So it won't be as many students. Students are to wear masks and we are supposed to wear masks as teachers, especially in the hall. But then there are some, I heard something at a recent meeting where as far as we're wearing the mask, you know, we can tell them to, you know, advise them, you know, but we'll see, you know, some of the kids were in camp. I have a fellow teacher and coworker who taught at the boys and girls club and they wore masks and in certain areas they didn't have to wear masks, you know, so I don't never want to make a parent feel like they are bad because some people are really pulling these stunts it's like I made this decision if you didn't make this decision you don't care about your children don't do that you never know what people go through I know for me as a single parent and I'm not trying to put anybody on blast not when it comes down to my child my son's father but the other situation I'll be honest with you financially pretty much everything falls on me so <laughs> that's a lot of stress and a lot of strain on a little chick so you know, I would, I'm going to do what a combination of both the virtual and the online and where I go, my children go, because in my area, my mom stays over two hours away. So is my brother. It's pretty much me here. I do have some wonderful people that I count as part of my tribe and as dear friends, but 
My best friend is just like me. She's a mom. She's a high school teacher. We're both going in together. She's a mom of four and one boy and twins, just like myself. So her children are doing the private school route. Mine is just doing the public and coming with me and not having a support system like an aunt or a mom or a grandmother, you know, somebody to help with keeping the kids. Because I know some teachers that are doing that, but how they're making it work is they have somebody available so the children could be home. But when it's all on you, it's a bigger decision to make. And then for some of our essential workers, and I really don't like when we get into the, I'm better than you, this is my decision, are you thinking type of parent thing as far as with moms with comparisons and judgments everybody's situation is different I just told you mine and I was very transparent so for us it will be best for us to follow through with the in-person and is it switches up and we have to do virtual we'll do the virtual part I also appreciate my daughter getting the services that she needs and some services work a whole lot better doing it in person than it does with the whole online you can kind of do it but you know let's just be 100 I know we're like you know we're doing the virtual thing and all the way around but it's honestly not for everyone when I go somewhere when I take my children somewhere we have our masks we have our sanitizer we have our gloves and we do what we do and like I said I'm not going to continue to justify my decision like I wouldn't ask anybody to do theirs if they did online or if they decided to do homeschool Right now, this is what's best for my family. And if I can do a combination and get my system where we're doing it from home, I'll do it for that, too. I really I really would. You know, I even think about as a teacher right now, I, I had a moment with talking to my best friend who's a fellow teacher today. I was so frustrated with a program that I was doing. And I was just like, you know what? I don't know if this for me. Because I love to teach. But once you're in the system of, as a teacher, you learn that a lot of it has nothing to do with just teaching. So that's something that I fight inside, but I'm so grateful to work with so many students. I'm so grateful to be able to be blessed by God, to have the passion and the gift to teach children and to teach within the area that I teach and then to have a job, you know, so I'm thankful for that. So I'm just taking it day by day as a mom, as a single parent, and trying to work this thing out. So not a feel sorry for me moment. Just a 100 keeping it real moment. So we're going to do our best in following through with the CDC guidelines. And we're going to get through this thing together. Because pretty much for me, my children and I, we're kind of like our own little support system. And then we have some extensions out. But a lot of those who are my support system they are just like me in the same situation, even if they're married, because I think I may be the only single parent, maybe one other friend of mine. We've been friends since high school. She's a no, because she's in a relationship. So pretty much I'm the only one. <laughs> so but even for those who are married, they still have their challenges as far as with things. So I don't judge anybody. Like I said, whatever decision you decide to make, it's on you and you don't have to justify that to anybody, you know. Just do your best as a parent. And just like you go anywhere else, you know what the precautions are as far as with reducing the whole COVID follow through. So that's what I'm doing as a mother. And that's what I'm doing as a teacher. So where I go, my kiddos go. So that's what we're doing. And if they say, you know what, 
Miss Andrews, we want you to be at home. You know what? Like, come on, girls. <laughs> it's going to be just like that. So that's what we're doing. And it's not really up to them. I'm at, honestly, I'm learning how to do the online process. I'm not fully comfortable with it yet. So we'll see in the next couple of weeks. I might just, you know, get it. I felt kind of good submitting some stuff a second ago with an online training. So we'll see how it goes, but we'll be returning in the fall. So I hope that whatever decision that you make, understand that you don't have to overly justify it. You don't have to argue about it online or make anybody else feel bad for their decision. All right. Just do what's best for you and for your family. Thank you all so much for joining me for today's podcast episode as we discuss our plans for fall. I'm going to keep your family in prayer and I pray that you do the same for me. And I'm saying that sincerely because we need all the prayers that we can get as a nation and as moms and as families as we try our best to get through this pandemic. Because the truth is, and it's not like just a cliched statement, we can say what we want to say. We can have all our types of disagreements and on, on politics and policies. But the truth is, we literally are in this together and it may make some of us upset that we're in it together but we are so please keep my family in prayer please keep me in prayer as a teacher and please keep our educators and administrators and support staff in prayer because honestly they're working so hard you just do not know homeschooling moms I salute you and if you can help out another person this is a great opportunity for us to kind of expand that and really reaching out for those who need some help you never know this may could be something else that you may want to branch out and doing in the future as far as with your expertise but definitely think about that but definitely just want to say thank you guys for joining me if you like this podcast and if you're listening on anchor be sure to hit the star so that this could be your favorite podcast and you can be in the know when there are new episodes available you can also follow me on youtube and check out my youtube videos you can follow me on instagram and don't forget to like my facebook page i'm trying to get a thousand before 20 2011 2020 2011 oh my gosh it's so crazy to say that oh my gosh I feel old but thank you guys so much for joining me you know what I want to say I love you but God loves you more be blessed beautiful people